It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's a Tuesday, the 5th of April for 2022, and a national shared equity scheme we recently talked about, and we've got coming up the second part of that conversation, home ownership is falling fast among poorer Australians of all ages and within living memory it used to be that all Australians had a reasonable chance to own a home but that landscape has changed so dramatically it's beyond recognition in most cases. So a national shared equity scheme would help level the playing field for all first home buyers and we're going to be talking with Brendan Coates again in, in just a moment, but first let's check out today's weather forecast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. And looking at Sydney first, a mainly fine day. Possibility though of a shower in 25 degrees. Melbourne partly cloudy with 20 degrees. In Brisbane, bright sunshine with 30. And Perth expecting a fine day with 27 degrees. We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. Let's welcome back Brendan Coates, the Economic Policy Program Director at Grattan Institute. Good morning there. Welcome back, Brendan. Hello again. And yeah, we were talking about this shared scheme, the National Shared Equity Scheme would help younger Australians get into the housing market faster. And one of the important things I I thought was worth talking about was other first home buyers may use the scheme to secure a larger home. So talk a little bit about that. Particularly probably in regional areas where housing is cheaper. Instead of buy that first house that's on on the stepladder to to getting the house that you want to live in permanently, it would probably allow some first home buyers to, to jump, to jump to that second larger house, knowing that they can then stay in that house for a long time, avoid paying stamp duty a second time, because we know that stamp duty is expensive and stamp duty rates have increased over time. So, you know, people are spending, you know, half their annual income or more paying stamp duty when they purchase a house. To do that twice is very costly. So, it'll allow people to jump straight to that second property and then be in that family home that would suit them to have their family, to have children and not have to move again and wear that second hit. That is obviously one way that the scheme would help Australians to better secure home ownership. It would obviously also help those that genuinely won't otherwise get into the market at all because they have relatively low incomes or they're particularly, you know, fairly risk adverse because they're they don't have family money to sort of to help them if they find themselves falling on hard times, say if interest rates rise. Those first-time buyers that would never otherwise get into the market, it'll also help them and therefore boost rates of home ownership in Australia. And talking about those older Australians who rent, have more than enough savings for a deposit but can't buy because they won't stay in the workforce long enough to pay off the mortgage by the time that they retire. Now, tell us a little bit more about that in terms of what sort of deposit that they would need, etc. The problem for first home buyers, younger people, is typically the deposit. For older Australians, so and this can be people who, you know, have never bought before but have some savings because, you know, they're, say, in their 40s, they've got some savings but for whatever reason have never accumulated enough to buy a house. Or if you've 
you're in the case of people who have, uh, particularly older women who have separated and lost their home, they're then in a situation where they don't have enough years left in the workforce to be able to pay off a home by the time they retire. So that's why when we see home ownership has fallen for younger Australians, but it's also falling for older Australians, those in their 50s, 40s, and even into their 60s that are on low incomes. Those people without some some sort of support are not going to end up in home ownership because they're not going to they're not going to be in the workforce long enough. So what this scheme would do is it reduces the size of the loan you need to take out if you're in that situation to buy a home, because say you might have two hundred thousand dollars in savings or one hundred and fifty or or whatnot, you, and you want to buy say a home for five or six hundred thousand dollars you'd normally have to take out a loan for the remaining four fifty thousand, and you won't be in the workforce long enough to, for a bank to give you that loan and confident you're going to pay it off when you retire in, say, 15 years' time. When instead, you have to take out a much smaller loan because the government owns 30% of the property. So you're up for a smaller loan and you can be more confident you can pay that loan off by the time you retire. Now, in that situation, you probably never buy out the government's stake. The government remains a silent partner in that home until basically you either go into a nursing home, into aged care, or frankly, that you pass away. And what that does is it reduces the risk that older Australians in particular are going to face poverty in retirement as renters. Because we know that if you rent in retirement, you are much, much more likely to experience poverty because you're still paying rent. And if you're not having to pay rent, you're much less likely to be in poverty. And there's this looming crisis coming to retirement incomes in Australia where there are a growing number of older Australians who don't own and we need to do something about that. And the shared equity scheme would help solve that problem. Shared equity could also help couples to remain in home ownership if they separate. Now, I know that you've touched on this, but just uh, explain that a little bit more about that the home is typically the family's largest asset. And then after splitting the equity up, it, it just becomes so diluted. And this really has a ripple effect. So we know that people that separate are quite likely to fall out of home ownership because often the family home does need to be sold. It's normally the number one savings vehicle that people have. Then when people have separated, they then only have their their share of the of the equity that's been divided in two. And they can't go out and each often buy, you know, a home that will fit the family in them, particularly if you say you're the wife and you've got the kids with you. And so we know that only a third of women who separate from their partner manage to buy another home within five years. So two thirds don't, and just under half manage to buy one within 10 years. So more than half don't. And so it's because they lack the assets to be able to put down the deposit and their income, particularly if they are the second earner in a household, isn't sufficient to be able to pay off the mortgage. And so instead, they fall out of home ownership. They are renting as they approach retirement. And that's that's risky for, you know, for the fact that they're more likely to experience poverty in retirement. Now, with the shared equity scheme, we wouldn't necessarily allow you to keep the existing family home. But if you did separate and lose the family home and you've got this portion of equity, you would be able to use the scheme basically to complement, to top up your equity for what you would have had if you were still together so that then you can go back into the housing market and probably afford a home and get back into home ownership much faster, which avoids you know the risks of poverty and retirement, where we know separated or divorced women are three times as likely to rent at age 65 as those that are married still. And that is a really big concern going forward as the population ages and you have more single women renting at risk of poverty and retirement. 
it's so comprehensive because you've also taken in the shared equity could also help retired Australians when they downsize. I mean, it's just something that obviously happens. And because by unlocking the home equity, it would boost retirees' living standards. So talk a little bit about that. So people, when they downsize, there's this idea out there that when people downsize, what they do is that they actually downsize into a home that's much cheaper and they free up a bunch of their former home equity, their savings in their home that they can use to support their retirement. In practice, that's often not what we find. What people do is they want to stay roughly where they are. They want to stay in the same community. So they downsize into something that's often a smaller house, but it's often more modern. It's often better located to shops or public transport. So when they're preparing for the fact that they may not be as mobile in future, and they often don't spend much less. And what we would suggest is that you could use this scheme as a downsizer. So if you sell a home that's worth $800,000 or $700,000 and you buy a new home that's worth a similar amount, you could get the government to be the co-purchaser and that would unlock $200,000, dollars $250,000 from your home that you could then use you know, either to, to, to do some travel, to, to do some maintenance on the home, to be ready if there's ever any problems down the track with your health where you need lump sums, you would have that money available to. It gives you a, a buffer, a security blanket, if you will. And that would be really valuable because people can do this now by doing, you know, what's called a reverse mortgage, like you borrow money out of your house. But people are very reluctant to do that as they retire because you know they've paid off their house. They don't want to take on any debt again. And this is an alternative way of unlocking that home equity that can boost their living standards in retirement, give them a greater sense of security without having to take on the debt. Instead, they just give up one third of any further property price appreciation in exchange for the government owning that 30% stake in the house. Yeah, great, great stuff. All right, well, look, thanks for coming back on to the Real Estate Podcast, explaining that, Brendan. We will get you back for another episode because it's just too important not to carry that forward with your paper all about this targeted scheme. Thanks very much. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 